0: The reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 13 verses 22 to 30. The narrow door. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first, and first who will be last.
1: Very good morning to you. My name is Michael Volland and I'm the principal of Ridley Hall here in Cambridge. And it's wonderful to be here this morning, invited to preach on what is a challenging but wonderful passage in Luke's gospel. Uh, So before we get into the passage, let's pray. Uh, Gracious Father, we pray that you would open our hearts by your Holy Spirit to hear what you have to say to us through your word this morning. Pray that you would help me to uh, speak as you guide and direct and help uh, each of those listening to have ears to hear and eyes to see and to receive more understanding uh, about you, who you are, and uh, to grow in love for you and willingness and ability to serve you in this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So someone asked Jesus, Lord, will only a few be saved? Here we are then, right at the heart of the matter, salvation. Who is saved? Who isn't saved? Who's in, who's out? A select few or any and everyone? And how do we know? And if it's just a few, what do we have to, to, make, what do, we have to do to make sure it includes us? If it's everyone... Do we even need to think about it what is salvation anyway what does it mean to be saved someone asked him lord will only a few be saved now luke doesn't tell us who asks this question might be a disciple could be a pharisee maybe someone in the crowd but it's the sort of question that anyone could ask and jesus responds Addressing everyone, even the disciples. He doesn't answer the question directly. Instead, Jesus issues a challenge. Strive to enter through the narrow door. And the challenge also serves as something of a rebuke. Jesus is effectively saying, look, you're asking the wrong question. Rather than pondering who else may or may not be in, Jesus challenges his hearers to think about their own situation. You, he says, all of you listening, which by the way includes us as the readers of Luke's gospel, strive to enter through the narrow door. So what do we notice? Well, first, there is something to enter. There's a movement from and to. Second, entry is through a narrow door. Third, entering requires effort on our part. We're told to strive. And fourthly, There is an urgency to Jesus' challenge. The person who questioned Jesus about being saved wrongly focused on numbers. But Jesus affirms that being saved is actually something worth giving time and attention to. His message until this point in Luke's Gospel is that through him God is doing something new. God's kingdom is coming. Hate and violence, oppression and injustice will not have the last word. God will triumph over evil and will establish his kingdom of justice and righteousness once and for all. So Jesus teaches us that God is doing something new and he's doing it now. So there's urgency in Jesus' teaching. The coming kingdom of God is something people should be aware of, they should expect, they should prepare for and they should be striving to enter. And rather than thinking about who else might be joining in, Jesus is calling those who are listening to him to consider their own lives in light of the coming kingdom. Of course, all are invited to participate. But if the values of the kingdom are at odds with the dominant values of this age, then participation must involve repentance. That's a turning away from our own participation in evil and wrongdoing and choosing instead to align our whole lives with the values of the coming kingdom of God. Salvation involves us being saved from something and into something else. It involves us being saved from the sinfulness of this age, with all that that entails, and which results in us being separated from God and being at odds with ourselves and being at odds with others. It involves being saved from that to the life of the age to come in which we are reconciled to God, reconciled to ourselves, reconciled to one another. It's a movement from isolation to community, God's community, from being stuck on our own in the dark to being brought into the kingdom of light and life with others. It's a movement from death to life. And Jesus clearly considers that this situation is far too urgent for us to be thinking about exactly who or how many other people are being saved. If you are on a sinking ship, and I pray you never are, you don't have time to wonder precisely how many other passengers are getting into the lifeboats. You have to find a lifeboat. Of course, you can assist others along the way. You don't just barge everyone out the way to get into the lifeboat selfishly, but you need to act you need to take it seriously, you need to make it a priority, and you need to do it now. It's that kind of urgency we hear in Jesus' proclamation of the coming kingdom of God. So there is something to enter, and it's something worth entering, and we can call this life. And there is something to leave behind, something worth leaving behind, and we can call this death. Jesus tells us that entry to life is through a narrow door. Strive to enter through the narrow door, he says. I'll throw a spoiler in here. Jesus is the door. Entry to the coming kingdom of God is through Jesus. Jesus died on the cross to conquer sin and death and to open the way to life. Jesus is the narrow door. And as we put all our trust in him, we pass from death to life. Now, that seems clear enough, but Jesus follows his opening challenge with a solemn warning. He says, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able. I love to run, and I like to find new routes. I've spent a long time finding routes around Cambridge and around my home and then going further afield into the villages around the city. And once, I was out on an exploratory run and I I came to a row of houses and I felt I should be able to get through the houses to the hills and fields behind and there to complete a big loop. And for a while I searched in vain. I kept trying and eventually I found a footpath sign, kind of slightly hidden behind some hedges, and then the thread of a narrow path snaking up the side of a small primary school was there all the time for everyone to find and everyone to use, but the way was narrow. It needed attention. It needed patience. Jesus tells us that the door to salvation is narrow. And to find it and to pass through it, we need to move slowly and pay attention. We need to care about where we're going. We need to be vigilant. Jesus' teaching encourages us to think hard about our lives and to think hard about our direction of travel to take our future seriously, and to live in line with that future in the present. That requires effort. And if we're honest, effort is something most of us try and avoid. It doesn't come easily to us. I mean, think about what you eat each day. I mean, some of you may be gourmet cooks and make a big effort to kind of put the right things in your body. Most of us don't do that most of the time. If we don't pay that kind of attention to what we eat, we're probably not paying that kind of attention, generally speaking to the future, not just the next 10 years, but our ultimate future, the life of the age to come, which is why it's important to attend to scripture, which is why it's important to open the Bible and hear Jesus saying in Luke 13, strive to enter through the narrow door, to be reminded of the need for urgency and attention and vigilance, and to actually wake up to ourselves and attend to the question of our salvation the state of our souls, which is something we don't often think about. Because Jesus says, many will try to enter and will not be able to. He is the narrow door to salvation and he calls us, all of us, the invite is for everyone, to strive to enter through him. Jesus uses this word, strive, It can also be translated agonise. It was used in relation to athletes in training. You can imagine the kind of diligent, focused, day-by-day, disciplined work that an athlete needs to put in to compete in order to win. There's no mistake that that word is used. Strive, agonise, be disciplined, attentive. This is going to require serious effort. And that helps us to understand that entering through this narrow door isn't just a breeze. It's going to require some effort on our part. Jesus wants us to weigh that up, actually, as we make a decision about following him, to weigh up the consequences. This isn't easy. This is a tough call. Jesus doesn't pull his punches. You're going to need to work at this, he says. You're going to need to give this all that you have. But let's be very clear. Jesus is not telling us that we need to work hard to earn our own salvation. That is not what's being said. There's nothing any of us can do to save ourselves. Salvation is a gift of God, freely given, freely received, and Jesus makes that gift possible through his death and resurrection. And we make it our own as we actively put our trust in Jesus and invite him to fill our hearts, shape our lives. And as we do this, We're filled with the Holy Spirit who works in us to shape us to be more like Jesus. And that's important too. There's a kind of line in our culture. Uh, We need to be the best version of ourselves. Be all you can be, be your true self. Actually, that isn't the Christian message. The Christian message is actually be conformed to the image of Christ. Become more like Jesus. Which isn't to say we lose our individuality, the gifts God has given us. Those are precious, beautiful gifts for us to use in the world and among his people. But we somehow, as we give ourselves to the life of faith, become conformed to the image of Christ. We become more like Jesus, not better versions of ourselves. But that's a slight aside, that's a whole nother sermon. This working of the spirit inside us, what the church has called sanctification, is a lifetime of work. We're becoming more like Christ, becoming holy, doesn't happen overnight we find we're being changed and we find day by day week by week year by year that our whole way of seeing things is gradually coming into line with the way God sees things the way God sees us the way God sees others the way God sees the world and we're able to want to live for him now and to make a difference now as well as longing to be with him in the age to come And that's the life we're being shaped for. We're being shaped for the life of the coming kingdom of God. A life that is shaped by God. And we know that God is the source of love and joy and peace, patience and kindness, gentleness and generosity and faithfulness and self-control. You'll recognise that list as the fruit of the Spirit. These things tell us what God is like. And so we're being shaped to be more like God, to be fit for the age to come but we can't achieve any of this. That's God's work in us. It's his idea, it's his initiative, it's his gift. Our part is to open our hearts and cooperate. But Jesus still uses this word, strive. Salvation is via the narrow door. And you, says Jesus, should strive to enter. So Jesus is urging us to keep this as our main focus, our driving force, to keep desire for God and desire for his kingdom as the main thing in our lives. To make an effort each day to get up and consciously say to ourselves, I want to live for God today. I want to be in his will. I want to please him. I want to serve him by serving others. I want his kingdom to come. And and I'm gonna spend the gift of this life and the time he has given me, because of course our time is not our own. We often think it is my schedule, my time. uh, How, what will I do? These things are gifts from God and we have no right to them. They're freely given. And, and in fact, the right disposition for the Christian is to say, these are given, how Lord can I use them to serve you in the time given to me? So Jesus is urging us to get up each day and say, how can I, How to keep that as the main focus, how can I use this life you've given me to serve you in the present and please you now and in the age to come? And to do all of that with a glad heart, not because we have to, because it's burdensome, that striving can be, a joy to us certainly athletes training will find that difficult but it's a joy it's a source of joy and strength they're they're aiming for something they want to be participating in the final thing i want to say this morning is that the time to strive to enter the narrow door is now it's today jesus challenge in the gospel that we have today and in fact if you read the whole of luke's gospel in fact if you read any of the four gospels you'll see jesus there's an urgency to jesus teaching He makes it clear that a time will come when it's too late to enter. The door to life will be closed and those left outside will be denied entry. That seems very harsh to us. But Jesus' message is public, plain and clear. An invitation to everyone. He's saying to people, respond now. Uh, Receive this invitation now. Strive now to enter through the narrow door. It's not a secret hidden away somewhere. This is available for all to hear. I don't know about you, but time limits on things make me anxious. Time limits for an event you wanna go and see, a a concert, or uh, for me, I like running races, so time limits on races, the Cambridge Half Marathon, for example, there's only a set number of places, and that's slightly where the metaphor breaks down because, of course, in the kingdom of God, there's room for all, but there's certainly a time limit on on, on when you can get in and get your ticket before they go, and that makes me nervous, and when the Cambridge Half Marathon opens for entries, I'm refreshing my browser until I get a ticket and then I can breathe a sigh of relief. There's an urgency. If I just sit back and think, it doesn't matter, I'll do it tomorrow, I won't get a ticket. And that might seem harsh, but that's what the organisers have arranged, and that's the deal. So I go along with it. It's not quite the same thing, but there's an urgency. One day the door will be shut, says Jesus. One day the door will be shut. This warning is given out of love for us, actually. The time is now, says Jesus. The time to respond to my message of, of hope, and of life is now. Each day, the end of the age comes closer. We don't know when that will be. We're told in scripture not to uh, speculate, actually, to live now in the present, glorifying God and trusting him for the future. But it would be foolish of us to just imagine that our future, individually and as a culture, just stretched on infinitely into the distance, because that would... uh, allow us to postpone and delay a decision to respond to Jesus in the present. The time is now and there is an urgency and our response to Jesus should be with our whole life, a full and passionate striving to live in line with the values of the coming kingdom of God because it's those values that are going to define life in the age to come. And if we're not interested in living in line with those values now, then it's highly doubtful we'll be interested in living in line with them in the age to come. Responding now, says Jesus, means living a life in line with the values of the kingdom. Loving God, loving others, serving others, uh, and putting others before self. These are the values of the age to come. Demonstrate the love and compassion of God. Strive to enter through the narrow door. So my prayer this morning is that we hear this challenge of Jesus, this challenge actually that comes from a place of deep concern for his listeners, of great love for them, of desire that they respond with their hearts and enter all that God is offering. So my prayer is that we hear this challenge of Jesus with open hearts, that we receive the grace from God to respond. We, We actually need that grace to respond. We need God to give us the gift of being able to respond to his invitation. So my prayer is that we receive that grace from God to respond, and that we receive also a desire, a growing desire. In fact, I want encourage you to pray, Lord, give me desire for you. Help me desire you with my whole life. Help me to set my whole heart on, on knowing you and loving you. And my prayer is that we desire to strive and that we're filled with love that keeps us attending to this, that when we wake up each morning, we think this is what today needs to be about, focusing on God, loving God, knowing God, serving others with our whole being, gladly, gratefully, growing in joy and hope. So let's pray. Gracious Father, we do pray that this morning you would give us hearts open to this challenge and wonderful message of Jesus, that the way to life is open, that it's through the narrow door that is Jesus Christ himself. He invites all to come. We pray that you give us the grace to respond day by day to strive, to have the energy and grace, to live in line with the values of the coming kingdom, to make those our values, to live lives of loving service to those around us, to seek to honour and please God in all that we do and all that we are. Lord, give us desire for you that grows day by day. Fill our hearts with love from you and love for you. Fill our hearts with love for those around us so that we might share the good news of Jesus with them too. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.